Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Tony, Vice President at Hexaware. And we discuss how Hexaware takes a holistic approach to customer experience, implementing technology at every level, how NLU and NLP AI models have evolved, and tips for being a lifelong learner. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I worked uh, for the state of Florida uh, for the Department of Blind Services. And I worked for a gentleman um, and uh, he was blind uh, and he was the leader of the technology organization within that group uh, of, for vocational rehabilitation rehabilitation. And uh, I was his reader. So uh, I just consumed everything I possibly could. Uh, I read everything that I possibly could, a lot of it out loud. (laughs) Um, And from that, just sort of got really interested in it, in the technology industry, um, and moved into uh, a part-time role with that organization uh, and then when I graduated from college, uh, was hired by one of the vendors that worked for that, for, for uh, the state of Florida. And haven't looked back since. I have always been in the IT industry, uh, mostly in sales. Um, but I've done things like product management, um, product development. Uh, I've run engineering teams, uh, business analytics, uh, things like that. But I've always... Uh, in addition to that, worn a sales hat uh, because I've, a lot of the organizations I've worked for have been smaller and you have to be uh, very flexible uh, in applying your skill sets there. And in the last 20 some odd years, I've really focused in on uh, the customer experience, customer care, and, and the omni-channel conversational AI world. So anything having to do with improving the customer experience uh, and allowing customers to get better customer service. So that's what I've been doing. That's really cool. So working with a lot of like natural language, understanding AI and process automation of the contact centers and stuff. Yeah, and uh, it, that's that's part of it. And then uh, in addition, um, CCAS and UCAS solutions. So contact center as a service and uh, unified communications uh, platforms. I actually helped design and build one of the early ones. And uh, then... Uh, into uh, things like workforce management and workforce optimization, um, speech analytics, uh, agent next best action, uh, things like that. So, yeah. That's really cool. So I, I want to ask you some more questions about the the contact center as a service stuff because that is an area that I'm pretty interested in. But first, I know you've worked as an individual contributor and ran teams and you, you've been at so many different levels of the organization at so many different sizes of organizations. I, I did stalk your LinkedIn before this interview. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm curious, what's like a, a, a piece of advice you would give to people on being flexible and, and, and learning to, yeah. to be able to execute on so many roles like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I consider myself a lifetime learner, right? Um, I'm a voracious reader. Um, you know, I, I listen to, to podcasts. I, I look, uh, I attend, uh, virtual events mostly these days. 
but uh, you know, I, I like to have a broad range of skill sets. So, you know, my father uh, was a jack of all trades, master of none, or master of some. Uh, let's say I like to consider myself to be the same, and I would encourage people to, you know, take yourself outside of your comfort zone. You know, if you've if you've never changed the oil in your car, go try it one time. Right? It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. There's a YouTube video on that. You know, uh, uh, I have two daughters. Um, I've taught them how to handle their plumbing, uh, you know, in the house. Uh, you know, if you have, you know, a stuck uh, flapper valve or something like that, you know, it's, it's not something that you would normally teach your daughter. But I'm like, you know, I don't want them to be going around helpless and having to, to depend on someone, right? They know how to check their own oil. They need, they know how to check. The, the air in their tires and their car, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, wherever you can pick up a new skill or have a new experience, I always encourage that, um, you know, just, just get out there. Right. And you just never know where that's going to take you. You know, when I was in school, I have a degree in economics. How did I wind up in the IT industry? You know, it's just, uh, I got my degree and I found my passion. Right. Those may not necessarily be one and the same. So be willing to get outside your comfort zone. That's awesome, man. Try something new. Yep. So what are, uh, let, let's shout out some of your favorite resources. What are some podcasts or like newsletters, virtual events that you, that you've really enjoyed? Well, I like the CIO podcasts uh, that you guys do. Um, I listen to C you know, some of the things that CCW does. Opus Research, um, obviously Gartner, um, ENY, uh, KPMG, they have uh, some great resources. And then, you know, looking at our competitors stuff uh, to learn new things just in general about the market and the direction that they're going. That's always valuable. LinkedIn is, is, um, is obviously uh, a really strong resource for folks because there's always new um, new resources that are being in introduced there. So th those are just a few. Cool. I want to establish a little bit more context. What are you doing today? I know you're at, you're at Hexaware. I've interviewed a few of your colleagues at Hexaware. It seems like a really large company that does a lot of stuff. So what, what are you working on? Yeah. So, you, you know, you've probably heard the story about Hexaware. Uh, we are a sort of a mid-size IT services and business process services organization. So we do uh, about half of our organization is focused on um, managing people's IT infrastructure, deploying technology solutions, uh, advancing their capabilities in the cloud, et cetera. And then the other half is focused on business process outsourcing um, or business process improvement, right? So we provide services on both sides. Uh, we're about a billion dollars in size, 22,000 employees worldwide. Uh, we have about uh, 36 delivery centers uh, around the globe. Uh, and we're the fastest growing organization out of India. We were just recently acquired by the Carlisle Group here in the U.S. Carlisle is the second largest PE firm in the world. And so we're, we're looking forward to just uh, really expanding our organization, uh, growing our customer base with the help of Car uh, the Carlisle Resources. And uh, it's, it's working out great so far. Yep. That's really cool. So my role here is I run our omni-channel customer experience transformation organization here in North America. 
and what does that mean? Because that's a big mouthful. <laughs> uh, is uh, we're very focused on the customer journey uh, and helping our customers, uh, which are major players typically in the high tech market. So organizations uh, like, and I say like because they may or may not be customers of ours. That's our disclaimer. Um, <laughs> customers or uh, organizations like Amazon, Walmart. Uh, eBay, Etsy, you know, uh, Alibaba, Microsoft, Salesforce, you, you name it. Those organizations who have a large need uh, to deliver impactful and really brilliant customer experience, including self-service on through to their live agents, right? Helping their customers navigate through their offerings or, you know, uh, uh, helping them with an issue that they might have run into or an opportunity to expand their relationship, uh, those types of things. So that's what we do. So CX is like a really wide umbrella. Like it includes everything from the UI on the, on the website, like on, on the e-commerce platform, and then also the direct communication with the company and even their experience with the products that they buy. So what, where do you fall in the stack of, of customer experience for your clients? Yeah, so Adam, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really important point to make, which is that uh, the customer experience starts from the expectation that your marketing organization sets, right? Uh, so uh, that can be via your website, it can be via a commercial that you run on TV or the radio. Uh, it can be uh, via social media interaction. Uh, so those are just to name a few examples. So the marketing organization sets the table for what your expectations as a customer for the customer experience should be, right? And then your customer service organization and your employees and maybe a brick and mortar environment or you know, in a back office business uh, process group uh, that does uh, traditional customer care, uh, and even your, your self-service functions, you know, there's an expectation that's been set by marketing that there's going to be this, you know, gorgeous experience that that's going to be delivered to them. You're going to know all about them. Uh, you're going to be able to anticipate their needs and, and deliver upon that. And a lot of times, um, we, we kind of miss the mark on that end, right? Uh, and that's where we really uh, look at the customer journey um, through all of these channels, whether they be uh, the traditional voice channel or uh, brick and mortar, you know, walking into a retail uh, facility uh, or looking at the digital channels that are out there like chat, uh, 2A SMS, uh, things like that, and your mobile app, your website, um, you know, any of those things need to be look at, looked at holistically, uh, and that's where the whole uh, omni-channel uh, definition has come into play, right? So really what we're focused on is trying to make that omni-channel customer experience map to that expectation that was set by marketing. And Hexaware covers that entire spectrum, right? So we, we offer uh, services and solutions uh, at the front end of the customer experience to assist marketing in creating creating that that uh, messaging and that representation, and then on through to the back end 
uh, where we're trying to help the customer experience organization deliver on that promise that marketing has created. So what are some metrics you use to measure how successful a customer experience strategy is? Yeah, uh, you know, that's that's a great question, Adam. And if you look at it, you know, there's a lot of traditional metrics that people look at, things like net promoter score, uh, even your your uh, customer, uh, your own customized customer experience scoring mechanisms, KPIs that you use internally, like uh, average handle time or engagement time with your customer. I like to call it engagement time um, because that's an opportunity to really wow them um, and potentially upsell or cross-sell them, right? So uh, a lot of organizations really focus on reduction in average handle time. And, and they miss the opportunity to really create that customer experience uh, that, that fosters a long-term relationship, a larger wallet share, and the opportunity to uh, upsell or cross-sell. Uh, so those are some things there. Average speed of answer are some traditional things. So you don't want to keep customers waiting too long to, to get that fantastic customer experience that you're trying to deliver, uh, so on and so forth. But I really think that the most important thing is to look at frequency of interaction with your customer um, and the amount of wallet share, right? So having customers come back and spend more money with you. Uh, so, you know, the repeat performance, so to speak, is probably the most valuable metric that you can look at. So, so what are some of the like first steps that companies should take from day one to make sure that that, it, that customer experience is that like the center of their culture and it's always going to stay that way as they grow? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of organizations uh, still today that look at these channels discreetly and manage them um, individually. And I think that the more progressive organizations have a senior leadership that's focused on the entire customer experience. So they'll have a like a chief customer experience officer or chief customer officer or something like that that's really focused on the end-to-end -end vision that's created for, by marketing and then delivered by the entire uh, organization that interacts with the customer. So it, it goes uh, from the top all the way down through you know, your receptionist, your, your janitor, it uh, doesn't matter. Everyone um, in the organization should be enlightened um, and trained on uh, what the vision of the company is for the customer experience. And they should be able to recite that. You know, it should be a short sentence around what that unique customer experience is going to be delivered. The, the elevator pitch, so to speak, of what uh, your brand's customer experience should be. And everyone should be able to recite that. Yeah, that so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what are the problems that companies are having that cause them to come to you for a solution? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of organizations uh, aren't really... Uh, they don't really have the in-house skill sets and experience to look at an end-to-end -end customer journey across all these channels, Right. Um, it requires a, a broad range of skill sets from, from technology to, to uh, customer experience and branding, measuring, so data analytics, uh, so on and so forth. So there's, there's a broad spectrum of skill sets that are required 
Uh, and a lot of organizations have strengths and weaknesses in certain areas that they need to augment, or they generally want an outsider to come in and take a look, right? You know, Hexaware is an organization that has had a lot of experience across uh, many different vertical uh, organizations, you know, retail, high tech, uh, manufacturing, healthcare, uh, so on and so forth. So we can bring a very broad spectrum of experiences across these verticals, as well as uh, the unique um, technical experience that's required uh, and, and the customer focused experience that's required to, to as an outside external uh, expertise uh, that can be brought in, right? So that's, that's really what organizations are looking for when they look to us. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just classic build versus buy. You can go with someone that has the expertise for this specific thing, whereas yeah. your company has an entirely different core competency and it would be a huge investment to try and also get really good at that. Yeah, you know, I don't know that it's a build versus buy because, you know, that's not necessarily uh, always the right approach. Um, right. You know, you can, uh, I always talk about uh, you can, uh, in a lot of instances, you can go buy a car and pick out the features of the, of the automobile that you want, uh, such as what color paint, um, you know, what color, what type of interior and things like that. So, you know, generally speaking, um, most organizations are able to select off the shelf and shelf and pick uh, the different features that they want to deploy of a given solution. And then if you have truly unique needs and you need to have it built, uh, then of course there's build the car in the parking lot approach, right? Uh, and we can do either, but uh, typically our preferred approach is to try to use package solutions from companies like Salesforce.com, ServiceNow, Genesis, Twilio, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, so on and so forth. So we have deep expertise in those platforms, um, and we have uh, strong partnerships with those folks. They know our skills. We know theirs. Uh, we know how to position them correctly and put them into the organization uh, deployed smoothly uh, and correctly, right? And, and a lot of times, you know, major organizations don't need those skill sets full-time. They have short-term uh, implementation needs, short-term optimization requirements, and they just need the expertise from someone who's been there, done that, uh, and can do it quickly, uh, inexpensively, uh, and guarantee delivery, right? So that's where Hexaware comes into play. That's cool. Yeah. A little while ago, we had on, I, I forget the the company, but they were do, doing, they were working with travel traveling nurses uh, mm -hmm. during the pandemic, which they had to move a lot of nurses around and stuff. And I think the communicate, they mentioned the communication was like enabled by Genesis Cloud. So when yeah. you mentioned Genesis, that, that stood out to me. Yeah, that was probably well, the Visiting Nurses Association. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with them, um, big Genesis customer. Um, and then uh, the other usual mention in that area is Twilio for, for the back-end stuff and the under, underneath the covers for 2A SMS and things like that. That's cool. So what are, what are some interesting use cases you've seen for your technology? Yeah, uh, you know, we've... we've uh, done many things. We we have some of our own IP. So um, we have our Amaze and Tensai technologies uh, that we developed in-house, uh, which allow us to help customers move their 
proprietary platforms to the cloud. Uh, so we're able to automatically assess the, the level of work, um, automate, automate a lot of the recoding uh, and containerization of those, those proprietary platforms, and then move them over to, to any uh, of the cloud uh, available cloud platforms like AWS, uh, Google, uh, Microsoft, um, and others. And then, um, you know, we've also got uh, our our capabilities in um, AI and machine learning, uh, in particular on the data analytics side uh, with our Tensai solution. Um, and then in the conversational AI space where we've developed uh, bots for both voice uh, and text capabilities uh, on platforms like Amazon Lex and Google Dialogflow, Twilio, Genesis, uh, so on and so forth. So those are some of the, the things that we've done and the use cases uh, that I'm specifically focused on are around uh, customer self-service uh, for these types of solutions. So we're really looking at, um, is there a way to move very uh, common requests from customers into uh, automated bot technologies? Uh, using conversational AI, whether they be voice-based or text-based. Uh, so uh, chat solutions on your uh, website, your mobile apps, and via mobile devices. And then voice uh, by greeting them uh, with modern conversational intelligent virtual assistants uh, to try to identify them, uh, authenticate them, discern intent, and possibly even deliver uh, self-service around that intent once we understand what it is. And then at that point, if we're still not able to fulfill their uh, requirements through self-service, then arm the agent uh, that they get transferred to prior to them being transferred with who is this customer, uh, the fact that they've been authenticated. So let's not take them through that process again. Let's not start the call over. Uh, and then let's tee that agent up for the next best action, right? So uh, here's what we thought that they were asking for. Here's the backend system that you need to go to, and it's teed up on your desktop. Uh, here are some business rules to follow as you're walking them through uh, fulfilling their request. And oh, by the way, um, because of what they asked for, uh, they may be interested in something like this other product or service that you offer. So can, I, can you cross-sell and upsell them uh, because if a what we've learned is that if a customer is willing to call you about a problem, that means that they're interested enough in in you uh, to get something resolved. And if you're successful at helping them quickly resolve that question, uh, then you have an opportunity to uh, continue to grow your your experience with them, uh, grow your your portfolio of products or services with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Because when you're on the phone with with a bot for a little bit and you eventually get to actual person, it's always so frustrating when they're like, all right, so why are you calling? It's like, yeah. I, I, I just gave so much information. That's <laughs> right. It's, it's extremely frustrating to have to start over, right? Um, and that's, that's really where you see an organization like Hexaware coming in and really helping these folks out. And, and the brands that we work with really understand that you set this expectation that you know your customer and really your customer service organization needs to deliver on that expectation. 
So don't make them start a call over. Don't make them start a chat over again once they reach a live agent. Each of these systems should be integrated. They should understand what the customer was trying to accomplish and where they left off and potentially why they failed, right? So that you don't have to make them start over. And oh, by the way, why they failed helps you improve that customer experience for the next time they call in or for the next customer who calls in, right? Or chats or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with how like widespread like customer service bots have been for a while, as like the end users have almost developed a vocabulary similar to like searching on Google, where we know to like say the words really clearly on the phone when talking to the the AI. But recently I was talking with uh, some experts in the natural language understanding field, and they're talking about how they have to do active education to end users that, hey, you don't actually have to speak this bot-friendly version of English for them to understand. Like they're doing outreach and education that people, to tell people that they can actually speak normally to the AIs and the AIs will understand. Are you finding that, 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 are, are you guys having to do any of that as well to make the experience better for the end user? Um, I think end users are, are educating themselves, right? Um, there's, we're probably in about the fourth generation of uh, speech technologies or, or natural language technologies, right? Uh, so depending on what expert you speak to, and I, I've been in uh, natural language for about 20 years, and you know, to, to call myself an expert is probably way overreaching. Um, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm knowledgeable, right? So, you know, what you what you have described uh, in terms of, of a limited vocabulary is what's called directed dialogue, right? And for the longest time, directed dialogue was state of the art. But over the course of the last five or six years, we've seen true conversational AI uh, being delivered by by various vendors out there in the industry, and conversational AI. Uh, started out as more of a closed dialogue uh, thing where you could uh, you could know that when you called in uh, or you started a chat session, uh, that bot uh, had limited capabilities, but you could you could generally say pretty much what you wanted to say or request um, in fairly open language. And a lot of the vendors out there in the industry sort of conditioned customers by telling them, Hey, you could talk to me just like you would talk to an agent or a person or something like that. And a lot of people sort of didn't, didn't really believe that. Um, yeah. So they would still go through the, the directed dialogue approach and go, you know, payments or, you know, I need to make a payment or something like that. And they would think, oh, the only thing it's going to understand is payment. So I've got to get that word right. Right. But now um, there's a lot more uh, sophisticated technologies. And vendors have learned to tell uh, the customer who's calling in or chatting, hey, talk to me just like a person. I'm here to try to help you. Uh, and if I can't help you, then they try to promise, hey, I'll get you to a live agent and let them know what you're asking for. Right. Um, so the technology has come a long way. You know, five, six years ago, uh, these technologies may have understood 75, 80 percent of what a customer was saying. Now we're up in the mid to high 90s. So that's depending amazing. on. Yeah, yeah. And that's really the, the maturation of 
artificial intelligence and machine learning and just having enough requests, enough conversations go at them uh, to where now we've advanced into what's called open dialogue, open domain, right? So open dialogue means you can pretty much say anything and open domain means you can pretty much say anything about anything, right? And they'll be pretty accurate in, in getting what you're looking for, right? Uh, so that, that's really the, the maturation of, of the technologies. How much of these advancements in NLU are English specific and how many can translate across languages and cultures? Yeah, so you, with, with the introduction of AI and machine learning into NLU and NLP, which has been from the beginning, but we've really made significant advances over the course of the last five or six years, really because we've learned to optimize those algorithms. Uh, we've, we've learned to use um, training data sets, uh, you know, things like that, well-founded well, uh, training data sets. Uh, and uh, being able to learn new languages uh, is, is very quickly is something that AI and machine learning has really adapted to, right? So, yes, a lot of the development effort is initially done in English, but English is actually a hard language. And I think we can all understand why, right? Which is we've never uh, made, a, made up a rule that we weren't willing to break. Okay, and we're always <laughs> willing to in invent new words, right? So if you look at uh, the world languages holistically, much of the introduction of new words and, and new uh, sentence structure rules are based on English, right? Um, so I really think that uh, starting with English is a strength, right? Um, and that you can then move to other languages pretty quickly because they're the language is more structured there. Uh, the rules are more set and introduction of new words is usually an English word. Uh, so uh, you, can, you can see that development of, of and support of different languages once you have English down um, is not as hard as, as most people think. That makes sense. I, I hadn't thought of it like that before. Now, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's definitely a strength to start with one of the hardest ones. Yeah. And work from there. And then, of course, uh, some of the Asian languages are, are more difficult to learn because they're double bite uh, and so on and so forth. But the, the technologies are there. Um, and there are enough vendors now who support those languages uh, that it's fairly easy to find ASR, NLU, NLP uh, that is in the high 80s uh, to mid 90s um, in its ability to understand. That's awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about the culture at your company and your team. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So what would you say are like some of the most important culture items to your, you specifically and, and what you prioritize within your team? Yeah. So um, we're really all about improving the customer experience, right? So we're, we're very customer focused. And when I say that, I don't just mean uh, that we're focused on our own customers, but we're focused on our customers' customers, right? Really understanding the shoes that they're walking in, you know, understanding the experience that they're expecting, uh, and making sure that we do everything that we possibly can uh, to be experts in that and help uh, organizations that we work with 
deliver on that promise that they made, right? Uh, it's why we're very highly ranked um, by all of our all of our customers who are major brands um, in the particular verticals that we work with, in particular in, in high tech. And we are also highly rated by their customers. So typically, Hexaware is at the top uh, in terms of uh, the customer experience and customer satisfaction rating for any given brand that we work with. Uh, we're usually their top vendor. And it's because of that, of that maniacal focus on delivering the best customer experience that we possibly can for their customers, built around their business rules and the and the the uh, unique uh, definitions that that they've um, put together uh, that they want their customers to experience. Um, I, I want to dig in a little more. How do you celebrate the wins within your team, and then how do you uh, handle failures or mistakes and, and make sure you learn from them? Yeah, so that's that's a great question, Adam. Uh, you know, this Hexaware is is very team oriented, team focused, and we're all all about continuous learning. So. I'm going to tackle the how do you address if you if you had some failures or or suboptimal delivery, right? And that's really uh, being able to measure and manage. Um, so it, it, you can't manage what you don't measure. Uh, so using analytics to really understand uh, how we're how we're delivering and are we meeting the customer expectation? Are we meeting the brand's expectation? Are we uh, delivering on what marketing expectations that they set were? Um, and that if we're not, you know, uh, quickly adapting, uh, learning, uh, training our folks better, you know, just bringing in uh, additional expertise where needed uh, from possibly another project where we're having great success uh, and quickly leveraging the learnings from that experience. That's that's the benefit of having. Uh, an, a large organization like Hexaware, who is a customer service expert and uh, allowing us to pull from uh, different uh, experience levels, skill sets, uh, and successful projects that we've done with other organizations. And, you know, how do we celebrate success? Uh, we celebrate success uh, as a team by just really giving the kudos out uh, liberally. Um, but in addition, you know, take, taking people who have performed well and moving them up in the organization. So if you look at, at Hexaware, uh, the folks who have been here, many of them have been here with very long tenures. You know, in the United States, uh, the average executive stays with an organization around 18 months on average. Uh, wow. At Hexaware, it's, you know, three, five, 10, 15 years. I mean, we've got executives who have been here you know, 15, 20 years, and we're very proud of that point. And, and we are very proud of the fact that we uh, promote from within, we help people build their skills and grow in their career, and we reward them for that. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you have really open communication across the different business units. Absolutely. And, you know, it, very much like the story you told about yourself, Adam, you know, growing from within, people being recognized uh, for outstanding performance and being moved up in the organization uh, with, with those skill sets uh, being leveraged. So it's really important for us to be able to do that. 
Do you have any like programs for cross training? If an employee comes and says, Hey, I've, I've been doing the, this one thing for a long time, but I, I would really like to get into this other side of the org. Do you guys do that? Yes. Um, so Hexware, it, it, we have Hexavarsity, right? Um, so, it, you know, it's basically, uh, it's our entire learning platform. Uh, and we bring in um, the learning uh, capabilities of our partners as well. Uh, and we uh, facilitate people getting certifications, um, you know, uh, in various uh, solutions that we deliver. So, you know, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, um, uh, Google, Oracle, uh, ServiceNow, uh, Salesforce.com, you know, all of their uh, learning platforms are brought in. Um, so we allow people to, to take those trainings um, for free, uh, get their certifications, uh, and really let them uh, define their own careers, right? Uh, so if someone uh, exhibits uh, the willingness to learn, um, willingness to, to move uh, and be creative in how they want to, to move around within Hexaware, we try to facilitate that. That's really cool. Yeah. So he- here at Modern CTO, we're a remote company. And uh, so we're all mm-hmm. kind of distributed across the US. But like about quarterly, we get together in person and we go out to dinner and we do some kind of fun activity as a team. And that, that's been awesome to like actually get to see my coworkers not on a Zoom screen. Yeah. And uh, we always have a good time together. So I'm curious, and we just had one, so it's on my mind. Uh, we were, we were yeah. down in, in Bradenton, Florida, hanging out. But uh, I'm curious, what are like some fun things that, that you guys do for your employees? Yeah, so we we absolutely you know celebrate um, wins uh, here, and we also celebrate you know things like public holidays, uh, religious holidays. So we're uh, we have many different um, backgrounds here at Hexaware. Uh, so we celebrate all that. Many of those are group gatherings, uh, and if and those happen on a fairly regular basis. If we aren't able to celebrate them together, we do celebrate them remotely. Um, that we have uh, people distributed all over the world. Uh, we do have centers uh, with large populations in in India and the Philippines and Mexico, and in some cities here in the U.S. Uh, as well as Australia and uh, Asia and Northern Europe. Uh, so we're, we, we do have uh, large centralized facilities where we have these group gatherings, uh, but we also do celebrate remotely. Uh, we do bring people together uh, when it makes sense, but we're very large, uh, so that can become quite expensive. Uh, so yeah. we try to do uh, those things that, that are necessary in person um, and, and those things that we can do uh, because they're a little bit lighter touch that we can do via uh, virtual technologies. Well, it's cool that like with how large and distributed you are, you have those like uh, center population centers within the company that like people yeah. can see each other if they, if they would choose to. Yeah. So here in the U S you know, we have centers uh, in um, California in uh, New Jersey and Atlanta in Texas so we we have you know very regionalized uh, facilities that we can go to, uh, and then around the world, as I mentioned, you know we have large, much larger organizations there. So, and they're in central facilities. Cool. 
Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything that we really wanted to get out to the world that we didn't get a chance to touch on yet today? Uh, you know, Adam, I think we've done a pretty good job, but I'll, I'll just put uh, our commercial out there. You know, if, if, if you're, you're looking at uh, improving the customer experience for your customers, uh, really reach out to us. Uh, we have uh, a lot of resources in this area. Uh, we uh, work with some of the world's largest brands, well-known household names, uh, use Hexaware uh, for the specific skill sets we bring to the table, especially our ability to improve their customer experience. Cool. And are you guys hiring? You want people to reach out to you? Always, always, always. <laughs> uh, if, if you are really looking to establish yourself uh, in the uh, customer experience transformation world, please reach out to me. Send me your resume at Tony S at hexaware.com. Uh, we'll, we'll take a look at it. Uh, we'll see where you fit and we'll get you on board. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.